Hey, welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we talk about truths of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi. I'm the pastor to men and single adults at First Baptist O'Fallon, and I am in a room of preachers. We've got uh, two of them, two preachers, and the, oh yeah, our audio-video guy. You can't um, forget Jacob. What can't. do we actually call him? Uh, uh, the master. Producer. Because he he's a master at technology. What is your oh, laser Christian say? podcast? <laughs> What does a lanyard say? I, it just I, says, I can read that it just from says here. Jacob. <laughs> but I have uh, Bryson McGuire, our kid's life. No. Uh, ex- excuse Sorry, me? Sorry, student. <laughs> First student. I'm like, Josh, I, I don't know how to tell you this. But, but you know what I did? I disrupted your... You did disrupt my hey That's Ooh. my classic introduction. And then we have uh, Josh Rink, our, uh, our actual ministry. Stop. <laughs> oh, wait, kid's life. All right, my apologies. All right, so Bryson McGuire, our student ministries pastor, and then we got Josh Rink, our... Kids Life Pastor. Go ahead, guys. Get out of your system. Hello, hello. Hey, oh. All right, good job. I deflated it totally this time, didn't I? <laughs> a little you bit, did. actually. <laughs> I've kind of, yeah. When I can't come up with one of my own, that's just what I'm going to do is deflate yours. So that's you raise strategy. yourself up by putting us down. By tearing us down. That is my strategy. Yeah. So I have no better strategy. So that's what I'm going with. Well, All right. Work well, on a better one. Anyway. So this week's episode, Loving Your Neighbor. Oh, <laughs> that is outward focused. Oh, mm. Outward focused, <laughs> but with uh, with uh, meanness, I guess, is where I started. Mm. Nope. So, nope. All right. So we are actually going to talk about something uh, productive today and not just this nonsense uh, that I started. My apologies. I think the people um, like the nonsense. Uh, I do too. Do you? I, no, the people. The people. The, the listeners. Yeah, you all don't like it necessarily, but the listeners, as long as they know that we actually do love we, each other. And, we appreciate our audience. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> we do. So we're talking about This Is Us. This is actually week five in our church-wide emphasis, This Is Us. Um, and so we've covered several things, our church vision, where we exist to glorify God and do His will. Um, and then our we've gone through three values that kind of um, help us carry out that that vision and that purpose. And the first one was God centered, and then we go uh, went through Bible based, and then purpose guided. And this week we're talking about being outward focused. And I guess to kind of set the stage for that, what we mean by being outward focused is, of course, that God loves people. God wants us to love people. Um, and there's all sorts of ways that we can um, be outward focused. Uh, really, it's a a change of our heart because it's very easy uh, as as any human, but especially as a church to to just think of ourselves and get comfortable and and be happy with who we have around us in our circle, um, the people who are already here. And so being outward focused is a cry to to care for other people. And of course, the greatest concern we can have for other people is to share the gospel with them. It doesn't have to be just that, right? Mm-hmm. We could think of um, caring for people's physical needs, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but then, of course, the end goal of being outward focused as a church is to care about telling others about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the the heart of our topic today and the heart of our uh, church-wide emphasis that we're going through. And so the first question that we're going to address is, what does being outward focused look like in a secular world? And really what we want to get to with this question is for our listeners, for people um, who are maybe thinking through this, how could I actually be outward focused? And so we're going to give you a few different 
thoughts on this topic. And I'm going to kind of start it out um, to set the stage of what's required uh, because there's no getting around it. The first thing that's required is boldness. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we we have to get out of our comfort zone. Sometimes we have to do things um, that don't feel good. And I think of things like um, exercise or eating your vegetables, right? Now, there's people out there, anytime I say this, the people think, oh, well, there's a person out there who's like, oh, I love exercise and I love eating my vegetables. Okay, good. And for the rest of us who like pizza and uh, <laughs> sitting on the couch sometimes. Um, I mean, technically, I mean, the U.S. government said that pizza is a vegetable. Oh, did they? For the public school systems. That is a study it has a, It has tomato mm. sauce paste. Mm-hmm. So anyway, fun fact for you. Uh, so it may have totally blown so my point. Eat but, your veggies, sorry. But some, <laughs> eat your veggies, uh, pizza night, Friday night, uh, we're eating vegetables. <laughs> so, uh, But the point is that sometimes discomfort is required uh, for the thing to be done properly, for something good to happen. And it's the same thing for evangelism or outward focus. And we're going to draw a distinction between evangelism uh, and outward focus in a bit. Um but the first thing required is boldness. And so uh, if someone's out there listening and doesn't feel bold, uh, I'll just remind people of Ephesians 6 verses 19 through 20, where uh, the Apostle Paul, who was, I think, undoubtedly the boldest Christian who ever lived, he said, pray for me, uh, pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness mm-hmm. the mystery of the gospel. And he writes in the next verse, for I'm an ambassador in chains. <laughs> now, he's a guy who was often imprisoned, uh, beaten, etc., 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 for the gospel. And yet he's saying, pray for me that I can have boldness. That implies that sometimes he didn't. Mm-hmm. And so anyone who's ever felt like um, they're a little cowardly or whatever, uh, just know you're not alone. Just also know that being outward focused may require boldness at times. Mm -hmm. And the second thing to kind of get to the how before we uh, have you all flesh out this idea of outward focus um, is being strategic, that it doesn't look the same. Every conversation is not going to be the same. Every every person I talk to is not going to um, have the same response to the gospel. They're not going to hear me in the same way. Maybe some people out there I've I've earned a really good um, r- rapport with. That person may hear me a lot easier than someone else who I just met or someone who I've had some tension with. Mm-hmm. So we have to be strategic sometimes. And I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians 9.22, where again, the Apostle Paul, he says, to the weak I am become weak in order to win the weak. I have become all things to all people that I might by all means or every possible means save some. And so just thinking about the people around you and if we are to be outward focused, if we are to uh, both care for them, but also eventually lead them to Christ, then I may have to have different strategies, different approaches with different Mm -hmm. people, even in different conversations. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So let's start out with you all. Then um, after I've kind of set those parameters of maybe what it looks like, what it requires to be, uh, is required to be outward focused. So Bryson, let's start with you. What thoughts do you have on what does it look like to be outward focused in a secular, secular world? Yeah, I think it, I think it's going to take a lot of intentionality. Um, I think you're not just going to stumble into an outward focused life. I don't think you're just going to fall into it. I think it's something that you're going to have to, and I say you, but like it's we, you know, cause we have to do this as well because we're pastors and I don't know about you guys, but I work at a church and I'm around Christians all day and I go home to my wife who is also a believer. 
And the most interaction I get with a lost person oftentimes is when they're checking out my groceries. Mm. And so it takes intentionality. You're not just going to stumble or fall into this. But um, and, and saying that, I think the greatest way you can be intentional is actually really through prayer. Um, so I was in a college ministry and we did this um, kind of four week study on, you know, what does it mean to share the gospel? What does it look like to be outward focused and that kind of stuff? And the college pastor challenged us with this idea of um, pray that God would open doors that you couldn't open yourself, right? That that he would give you opportunities that maybe you're, you weren't even aware were there. And so I did what he asked in that next morning. So I'm, I don't remember what I was doing, but I was kind of like half heart. I remember it was such a half hearted prayer and it was just like, all right, God, like, you know, give me an opportunity to share the gospel today. And it wasn't the words, it was just more my attitude. And so I used to love going to Panera. People up in St. Louis call it Breadco. Still just, I can't bring myself. So I'm going to call it Panera because that's what I grew up with. Hmm. And so I loved Panera and I still do in college because you get like the unlimited drip coffee for like two bucks or something like that. You can sit there and do homework for eight hours and they just don't care. It's amazing. And <laughs> so I would often go to Panera. And so I went to Panera that day to sit down to do just some homework and was sitting there, was listening to music. And this guy comes over just completely randomly. I've never seen him, never met him, didn't know anything about him. And he just, he's like, Hey, he's like, um, he's like, I've seen you in here before. Right. And I'm like, you know, kind of got my stranger danger alarms going off. I'm like, who are you and what do you want? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, like I, I come in here, um, you know, occasionally. And he's like, he's like, I feel like I saw you in here last week reading your Bible. And I said, yeah, because I, I would also go there to do personal Bible study and stuff. And he literally was like, can I just ask you some questions? And he sat down and we probably talked for about two hours and he, you know, he wanted to know, like, what's the difference between Islam and Judaism and Christianity? And why do some people believe this and other people believe that? Like, you know, Springfield, Missouri, where I'm from, um, is the headquarters of the Assemblies of God Church. So what is the difference between Assemblies of God and Baptist and Methodist? So he's had all kinds of really, really good questions, got to share the gospel with him. Um, and I don't know whatever happened to him, you know, mm -hmm. I, but that that really isn't my job to, to, to you know, save someone. My job was just to be obedient to the opportunity that God had put before me. So I think to be outward focused, it's going to take a lot of intentionality and intentional prayer. And then God and, may, yeah, absolutely. God may throw an opportunity in your lap, but you're still seeking it. Yeah. Uh, and you got to take the opportunity when it presents, when it presents itself. itself. Yeah. yeah. Don't ask, don't ask God for something that you're probably not willing to step into because he'll give you the opportunities. I think that's important because a lot of times I think uh, we as Christians hope for different Christian characteristics and we just kind of wish that they would happen on us naturally. Mm -hmm. And that's just usually not the case. Sometimes it is, you right. know, God gifts everybody differently and, and uh, arguably anybody listening has one area where, Hey, whatever Christian principle, it just came naturally, mm -hmm. but all the others they may have trouble with. And mm -hmm. so they may intentionally have to pursue those. Yeah. Cause the opportunities are there every day. I mean, mm -hmm. do you not go to the grocery store? You know, you go to the post office, you know, you go to work, mm -hmm. you know, like 
God puts encounters, you know, it's it's like the old story of, you know, the guy sitting on the roof with the with the rising waters. I want to pray for God to send me a rescue. <laughs> and I was send a guy on a rowboat and then like a right. speedboat and then like the Navy rescue ship comes by. No, wait, God is sending me help. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy, you know, when he drowns and, he, you know, he comes, God's like, where were you? And he goes, well, I sent you the boat. I sent you the thing <laughs> right. and I sent you this. Like, what yeah. did you not do? It's a good funny story you know but i think it's every day god gives us these opportunities yeah. to be outward focus but you know we can't just wait for the the fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. you know to come along right um you know just same thing you said about emotions like we were so like why why can't god just give me patience and i go i think he gives you opportunities to be patient to develop that fruit you know mm-hmm. to be able to do it's a good point yeah what thoughts do you have on on it josh yeah so you know for me to kind of kind of where Bryson went, you know, we're looking at the characteristics. So like I, the one thing I focused on is I think what it looks like in a secular world is we are not self-centered. Like I, I don't, it can't be about us. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I once heard a sermon, you know, when I was in Ohio, <laughs> somebody, the name of the sermon just catch me off guard just as pastors. Do you guys name your sermons? Like do you put titles on your yeah. sermons? Mm-hmm. Most I had time. to in seminary, but like I, you don't, you know, now it's you don't. Like Interesting. I'm a kid's pastor. So, you know, it's a very simple title, mm-hmm. but you know, so the name of the sermon was, um, Jesus loves you, but everyone else thinks you're a jerk. <laughs> like that was the name of the, that was the name of the sermon. But the whole point of it was, was to be, you know, as Christians, we are, I'm trying to think of how, sometimes we think it's just about like what we could get. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that viewpoint comes across from those of the world. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying in every situation, but I think if we were to stereotype, like if we ask the culture to stereotype, people just think it's all about us. What is it? What, what I'm just here to get everything I can out of this world. But when you take that viewpoint and I take scripture and I line it up, that does not equate. Yeah. I mean, that references sin. Because it makes it about me, right? Um, you know, and you know, so we have to move away from this. You know, the universe revolves around me. You know, no, it revolves around the God who created the universe. Yeah. And guess what? I am part of the universe. So, what does He instruct us to do? You know, so I think very specifically, you know, in Mark ten, when He says, uh, Mark ten verse forty five, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve. So he flipped around, you know, it's not about me, even the king who deserved it. Mm-hmm. You know, if there was one person who walked this planet who deserved to have everything thrown at his feet, it was him. But he even flipped it around, just like even John 13, where he said he gets down on his knees and takes the worst of the worst job and washes feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a story like you hear in this narrative but man, there's so much power in that. Yeah. Because this is like the worst job you could have. And Jesus towels up and does it for the entire room. Mm-hmm. And just imagine that silence just that you're hearing, like, you know, and then the what are you doing? But this is the this is what he's saying. It's not about you. Mm. It's about what God has called us to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and one example. You know, what, what is a way that we can do? So here's here's just one example. Because part of this, Bryson, you talked about Panera, and I'm in the same boat too. Yeah. I grew up with Panera. <laughs> um, I love it. But like I have friends, like as pastors, we 
we, we grow up around, we have Christians, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we, we're here, this is our work environment. There's stuff. So I have to be intentional. I have to make this a part of my day, like to go schedule to make sure I'm talking to somebody and create an opportunity to share the gospel. But like I have friends who are not believers who work in the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. And the most common thing that they say is they like, we hate working on Sundays. Mm. Not because it's busy, but it's because it's busy with church people. And he says the church people are the worst to deal with. Mm. And now they they call church people. That's the word they use. But I've also heard them say the Christians who come in, yeah. the Christians, and I'm making a quote with my fingers, yeah. who come in and they are they're like, they don't tip. They are so rude and they demand the world of us. Mm. We have to flip that around. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that is something that we can do. It's not about us. Yeah. It should be, man, can I bust the tables for you? <laughs> if I'm allowed to be in the kitchen, can I go carry my own plate? You know, because isn't that what Jesus came to do for us? To carry the weight of our sin mm-hmm. to do. So we just got to flip that narrative around. And we don't want anybody to get arrested for walking into a kitchen that they're not supposed <laughs> that to. That is not but, permission to go and do that. But the point Josh is getting uh-huh. to is having a servant mentality as opposed to a being served mentality. And so uh, hopefully just starting to think about being outward focused. People have heard some pretty good um, biblical principles of um, being intentional, of being selfless, of being bold, being strategic. Uh, so thinking of all those things uh, as they seek to be outward focused. And if if someone says, I still don't feel outward focused, okay, well, go try to be anyway and mm-hmm. see if those feelings catch up with your action. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we kind of expand this thought and um, outward focus, of course, we said the end of that, the end goal is to win people to Christ. And so in Christian circles, we of course call that evangelism. That's a, a, a very church ease word that we use, evangelism. Um, and so I kind of want to just talk about this, maybe kind of a modern habit or practice of inviting people to church versus evangelism. What's kind of the difference? Are they the same thing? I think a lot of times they're seen as the same thing. Are they? So maybe we can draw some distinctions around this for people. So let's start with you again, Josh. Um, what thoughts do you have on that? Is inviting people to church evangelism? How do those two relate? <laughs> so... If it's the base question, so if you flip to Webster's, right, and, and look up, what it, okay, what is the definition of evangelism? You know, it, it says this. It says the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. So it defines it as those two markers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's wrong. I think those are two definite ways that, as Obi just said about sharing the gospel in, in, our, in our world, but if I look at the question as itself with that definition, is inviting people to church evangelism, the basic answer is no. It does not equate. Like, I don't think that's the direct correlation um, because I'm using my words to invite the church instead of the personal witness. And I'm really not public preaching at that matter. But, and, you know, just like just like the butts in the Bible, right, we, we got to listen to those. There's the giggling going on at the table. Sorry. So for giggling at home, it, it's fine. But it's true. I mean, when they I'm flip that around, <laughs> um, leave it to the student pastor to laugh. You know, the, sorry. Moving on. Moving on. Good sirs. <laughs> we do love each other. Keep that in mind. But the basic, you know, with no but, it can be a fruit of, you know, of evangelism. 
you know, and I think there's some, you know, there's some things that we come to the church, you know, it could be a drawing process. Mm-hmm. Um, no question it's easier, like to say, would you come to church and, you know, um, to be able to do that with, and I think is here, and as we as we do at FBCO, we are very, you know, to for Doug when he preaches, he makes the gospel a part of the sermon. So, you know, this week when you hear, or you know, this past week as you heard of you know outward focus, the gospel was shared. You know, and, and the next week the gospel is shared, and I think that's something that, you know that we can relate to. So, I mean, if I was to talk, if we want to be biblically based as we were, I always want to point back to scripture. I think the one that I'm led to is, is in John 1, when Jesus is talking to his disciples and they're like, you know, with, with all the things that are going on and later it's even referenced again, like Philip quotes, and I think you're going to say this too, you know, is to say, well, come and see, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus says, come and see. Mm-hmm. So come be in the presence and see, you know, what we're doing and, and I think that's something that we allow the Holy Spirit to do. Um, I still think we need a for us to be able to share, you know, the specifics, uh, the strategy that Obi said earlier. But we need to still know how to share the gospel. I think we need to know how to use the strategies, the words, pointing back to Scripture like this is what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still okay to say, I want you to come to church because I want you to come and see what we're about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think just to go off what Josh just said, I think inviting someone to church is part of the framework of being outward focused, but not evangelism, right? Because I think I think being outward focused and invite, I think to invite someone to church is to be outward focused. You're thinking about something. Um, you're, you're thinking about people who aren't in the church who maybe don't know about Jesus. Um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I do agree with Josh's point. It's the easier method. Um, you don't have to remember as much. You don't have to know it. I mean, in some ways, you don't have to, like, rely on the Holy Spirit as much because, like, when you're sharing the gospel, sometimes, like, you're just like, I forgot th- this verse, and you just, like, pray, and you're like, Lord, help me to recall this kind of stuff. But I also don't want to discount the value and importance of inviting right. people to church. Yeah. Josh and I were talking yeah. before we recorded. It was, what was it, 71%? Was that the Yeah, it was, it was a crazy high number. It's like 71% of people will attend church at least one time, I think. If you have a, if you were invited by someone you have a personal relationship yeah. with, I think the key there is the personal relationship. You know, I remember um, I've, there's been times where people have just randomly, like, given me an invite card to a church just, like, out in public or somewhere, which is really thoughtful and nice that they took the time to do that. But it was just like, here you go. And it was followed up with nothing. And I'm like, this this means nothing to me. And plus, I was already part of a church. So um, there was that. But I say that there's a really cool story that happened in our youth group not too long ago. And so there was a, a girl who's been coming for about a year now and she has just been growing spiritually just being just like being discipled and desiring to disciple other other people and she invited just a whole bunch of her friends that she goes to school with and so one of those girls she she came to youth group she had been coming for a couple weeks loved it so much that she started inviting girls other friends that she had to the church and to youth and one of those girls that that came so like we got the third level invite here um actually got saved because she came to church she had not really grown up in church she she really didn't know much about the bible or jesus and like when i saw her a couple i mean like she's got like tabs in her i mean she's got books i mean she is just 
hungry for the word and just excited about Jesus. Yeah. And 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 part of that was because someone just faithfully took a step of obedience mm-hmm. and said, I'm gonna invite someone to church. Yep. And and so I, I say that because I th- I think that inviting someone to church should be kind of a, a f- like the affirmation of what you're already doing and telling them in their life, right? Because they see you living out your faith, they hear about your faith, they know about your faith, and so because you're sharing it with them and you're showing it to them, and so when you invite them to church, the church should just reaffirm everything you've already been teaching and telling them. Whereas I think a lot of times we do the opposite where we say, if I get them to church, then the pastor will share the gospel with them. And I'm not discounting. There have been people who have been saved from radio programs and Mm -hmm. online. I mean, didn't we hear a story about someone who prayed to receive Christ after listening to like this podcast? Yeah, so we're going to mention episode five where we just go just very clearly through the gospel. And I recommend that to anyone listening. If, uh, you know, if you don't know Jesus or if you do know Jesus and you want to know how to share your faith yeah. or if you know someone who needs to know Jesus, man, yeah. that episode, episode five goes through a clear. Absolutely. And so we had uh, one of our young adults that um, they had been feeling convicted. And so they just went and listened to that episode. And afterward, yeah. they prayed on their own to yeah. accept Jesus. Amen. So, mm-hmm. And I say that because I don't ever want to discount these mediums and these methods. Right. Um, but I do think the most powerful tool is our personal relation, yeah. personal relational evangelism. Right. Um, Jesus tells us to go, and, and he tells us to go and make disciples, um, very specifically that. And so I don't know. That's just kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah. So, and and I guess that that's a good word to not discount any of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, really, by asking this question, we're just trying to draw some distinction because there could be some Christians who feel like in life, I never need to share my faith. I'll just mm-hmm. invite people to church. So we don't want that either, but we shouldn't discount any method of effort that someone gives toward the gospel. And I think of um, even someone handing you a random card, right? Mm-hmm. That that may not have meant a lot to you, but what if there were some divine appointment yep. that God had had someone? I think of even our lesson from two weeks ago on Bible based with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, right? Mm-hmm. They were strangers and Philip shows up and he, the guy's reading the book of Isaiah, and Philip says, do you understand that? And he says, well, how can I unless someone explain? Yep. And then he got to share Jesus with him. Yep. That's a totally random thing that that God used. Yep. So who knows what God will use? Um, but there is a distinction. And a lot of times Christians don't share their faith. Mm-hmm. And sharing our faith is a very specific thing. And uh, so even the word evangelism uh, has a meaning. And so I know Webster has their explanation, but just the root of the word has a meaning. And so it comes from you, Angelizo, um, which you means good and angel. Right? If everybody heard that word means messenger. A lot of times we think it's describing them as a being, but it's really just des- describing their function mm-hmm. messengers. So if you heard that you, Angelizo, you meaning good angel, meaning message. So good message. So that's why we call it the good news. The gospel mm-hmm. means good news. When we are telling people about Jesus, when we're sharing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the need for sinners to repent from their sins and surrender to him as Lord mm-hmm. of their life, that's a very distinct message. And so I encourage all Christians to get in the habit of doing yeah. that. Amen. But it doesn't Amen. negate the fact that inviting people to church is a good thing too. Yep. So I've seen just, uh, so I'm the pastor to, single young adults. And I've seen um, our single young adults are some of the most outward focused people I've ever been around. And, uh, you know, credit to them that they just 
are inviters. It's yep. just really cool. Like the experience you said with your, uh, your mm-hmm. student, mm-hmm. it's really cool that, um, you see other Christians out there being outward focused mm-hmm. and now they're part of your ministry. And yeah. that's what I get to see. Like all of a sudden there's people there that I didn't know them. I've never met them before. Right. I didn't invite them. And they're all of a sudden there yeah. and they may become, um, you know, future leaders and things. Yeah. Actually, yeah. we mentioned this, um, Aiden Berkner. Remember we had him on mm-hmm. the, the show. I don't remember what episode it was. We talked about, uh, struggles teenagers face. That's I think that's the title of the podcast that's right. episode. So, so Aiden invited one of our young adults yeah. and that guy's now on my leadership team. Yeah. Yeah. And he's <laughs> I mean, a faithful servant too. He, he serves is. all over the Every place. Every single week yep. he's, he's serving. And so that's an inviting student who invited a young adult. And now the guy's a core member, I consider a core member of the church, at least yeah. of our mem- ministry. Um, so, so no, don't discount inviting Absolutely. people, but also Christians share your faith. Yep. Right. Point people to Jesus. Um, and, and, you know, whether it's a fruit, whether evangelism or inviting people to church, it's either the fruit of evangelism or maybe it's a precursor to evangelism. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going to have someone uh, take a step. I'm sure your all's ministries have fun nights at times where it makes it easy for people to invite someone to mm-hmm. church. That's why we do it is because it may be uh, an easy step, even as men's pastor. You know, we'll have wild game dinner thing, or men's barbecue coming up in June. Um, we'll have things like that. So that men will feel like, hey, this person may never come to church, but they may come to this. Yeah. And, and that's just an opportunity for them to hear the gospel. All right. So any any last thoughts to add on this, guys? Yeah, I would actually just add going just a little bit back to what you're talking about with uh, Philip and the Ethiopian man. Mm-hmm. Um, the passage in the scripture actually says that Philip was like led by the spirit. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't just like this random Good. occurrence or mm-hmm. anything like that. And Away from a revival that yes. was going on. And the mo- some of the most conviction I've ever felt in my life was when I felt like the Holy Spirit pressed into my heart, go talk to that person. Yep. Go go share for that person. Go pay for that person's groceries. And I felt that in my spirit, and I didn't do it. And I walk away, and, and I walk away with the feeling of regret and just like what, like wonder, like why, like what, what could have happened, you know, like what could have happened had I just obeyed? And I think one of the things is, um, I always think about this is obedience before outcome, right? We, we want, we want this kind of like spiritual growth. We want this outcome. We want something in our lives. And yet we, we discount the obedience. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. Right. And I think this, this kind of ties into everything we've, you know, God centered, purpose guided, Bible based, all these things that we're talking about. Um, but man, when you feel the spirit leading you take that step of obedience, because you do not know, like someone could have been praying in that, like, like that guy at Panera, he could have been like praying that morning, like, like lead me to someone that can answer my, I mean, you just don't know. That's right. And so don't discount that and and just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it's not to say that if you've messed up in the past to let it bury you, right? Absolutely. Ask That's forgiveness, right. move on to that next one. Absolutely. And, That's right. and just try to seize those opportunities. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I would just add to what you said. I think it is okay to pray for boldness. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. pray for it by name. I mean, Paul, at the end of Ephesians, like in, in chapter 6, 19 and 20, I mean, it says, Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness yep. the mystery of the gospel. For I'm ambassador in chains, pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, he's calling for prayer, but you can pray for, you know, 
you know, a, a prayer for yourself yep. to, to be bold, pray for those opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's so many stories I wouldn't have enough to share, but to say people who have asked for those, like, Lord, give me someone to speak to in like seconds <laughs> later, yeah. someone sits at their table or the phone rings or, you know, it's just pray for these opportunities to happen yep. and, and equip yourself both in prayer and in study. Yep to be ready for what to say. And don't be intimidated by that study part. At the end of the day, a Christian needs to know uh, the reason they have hope, right? right. First Peter three fifteen. you have hope because of Jesus. If you know Jesus, then you know enough mm-hmm. to share salvation with someone. So uh, just leave this final verse thought with you. Romans 10, 15, uh, the second part of it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And that's, yep. that's mm-hmm. a charge to us Christians, bring good news. God sees those as beautiful feet. Yep. Uh, so, all right, well, thanks for listening to Faith in Real Life. Don't forget to subscribe and share with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And if you're in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, we'd love for you to stop by and visit one of our church services and a small group, which we call Life Groups, in person or online. You can find out all the details about things happening in our church through social media and at fbcofallon.org. That's fbcofallon.org, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 